0: What has been produced here is the best agriculture facilities outside of College Station that exist in this state.
1: From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is the first episode of Vital News, an edition of Veterinary Vitals that focuses on current news in the Texas veterinary profession. I'm your host, Audrea Wood, the media specialist for TVMA today on Vital News.
0: The partnership and collaboration between Texas A&M University and West Texas A&M University as system members through teaching, research, outreach, and service programs represented by these two facilities benefits not only these two universities, but students, faculty, the Panhandle region, the state of Texas, and from here the world
1: we go behind the scenes in the grand opening of the charles w doc graham 53 dvm the texas a m university system center on june 3rd 2021 i had the pleasure of interviewing dr bruce Akey, the director of the texas veterinary medical diagnostics lab and dr susan eads the Associate Dean of the College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences, about their roles in the grand opening of the new facilities. Dr. Akey, tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at Texas A&M Veterinary Medical Diagnostic Lab.
0: Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Dr. Bruce Akey, and I'm the director of the Texas a Veterinary Medical Diagnostic Lab. been here about seven years, and uh, we're, we're a full-service veterinary diagnostic lab for the great state of Texas.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. You were certainly not immune to uh, the pandemic that just happened. What hurdles did COVID throw your way in the last year?
0: Well, like for everybody else, uh, there were a lot of things to figure out um, how to maintain operations, because we were deemed an essential operation because of the kind of services we provide, which are crucial to human health as well as animal health and the maintenance Mm -hmm. of the food supply. So uh, we had to figure out how to both protect our personnel and still maintain those services. Fortunately, the buildings we work in have high turnover rates, uh we have uh, biosafety level two and three laboratory spaces uh so our our folks are used to working around viruses and bacteria and things like that Um, but you know of course we put masks on and and did the other social distancing things Uh, we did also at least during the early stages of things about a year ago uh, we looked at how we could have people work from home and and some people can work from home but most of our folks they can only do their jobs when they're in here in the lab, physically doing the testing, but some of our folks, some of our pathologists were able to uh, access uh, what they needed digitally from home. And so we tried to find that balance. The other big adjustment for us was uh, pretty early on we decided that if we could we needed to help out with some of the human testing because as you may remember uh, there was such a short a shortage of human testing capabilities early on Mm -hmm. and we do exactly the same kind of testing PCR testing in fact for coronaviruses um, in animals all the time so we spent several months trying to navigate the bureaucracy at the federal level to uh, allow us to do some human testing. And did finally, uh, we're finally able to bring that on board, both at our then Amarillo facility, as well as here in College Station. Um, and we still are doing that testing actually up in our Canyon facility for human samples.
1: Oh, wow. That is amazing. I never would have thought that you guys could pull that sort of testing together, but that makes so much sense. So that's amazing that y'all were able to pull that off.
0: Well, in fact, uh, we made the offer. Like I said, it took us a while to get through the red tape uh, and find a a human healthcare partner to partner with us to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we did, uh, we actually brought those partners in and trained them on our high throughput PCR equipment. And they've been using our equipment and our space to do the testing because they didn't really have, they weren't set up to do this uh, oh, wow. themselves.
1: Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So we're kind of able to train them in a sense. Yep. So the grand opening of the Charles W. Graham Fifty Three DVM Texas A&M University System Center is on June third, twenty twenty one. What will that event be like?
0: Well, I guess it's a it's a celebration of two things. Uh, one is certainly the the life and contributions of Doc Graham. Um, you know, he's he's been a stalwart part and supporter of Texas A and M from the vet school to uh, the veterinary diagnostic lab for many, many, many years, as well as well recognized uh, veterinarian in professional circles as well. So it's it's a celebration recognition, certainly of him and all he's done and contributed over his career. But also, of course, for us, it's a celebration of a brand new state of the art facility um, that hopefully will see us through the next 40 years or so, like the old facility did mm-hmm. uh, up there in the, in the Panhandle, uh, an area of the state that is so vital to both the state and the nation in terms of food production, food animal production. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, it means both of those things to us, and we are really looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> that is great. And how was uh, the naming of the center determined? Was Dr. Graham one of the, was that a no-brainer? We have to name this center after him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, you know, as most of these things, uh, as this tends to happen, uh, people who are, were admirers of Dr. Graham um, approached uh, the university system uh, that we're part of and uh, and asked about the possibility of naming it after him. And as I said, uh, Doc has lots of uh, acquaintances and admirers within the system as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think once it was proposed, you know, people certainly thought it was a no-brainer at that point in time. Right. And, uh, you know, happy happy to recognize Doc that way.
1: That's great. I'm sure he is thrilled. What has been the most challenging part of this launch?
0: Well, um, one of the goals of making this move, this transition from our old 40-plus-year-old facility into this brand-new facility was to do it without interrupting our services to our clients Mm -hmm. Uh, because we have veterinarians and their clients that depend on us every single day to... Uh, give them answers as to why their animals are sick or dying, uh, provide certifications they need in in order to be able to move animals or move animal products. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that that was a huge challenge for us because, uh, you know, our our people, our equipment, uh, there's 30 people, there's a whole lot of equipment, um, and equipment that's sophisticated enough that not only do you just pick it up and move it, But you actually have to pick it up, move it, recertify it, revalidate it, uh, put it back and put it back into production. So uh, a whole lot of moving pieces and a whole lot of logistics that had to come together just right so that we could literally maintain services at our old lab through Friday, even Saturday on the weekend that we did the major move. And then by Monday morning, be up and running and fully up and running at the new facility uh, with no break in services to our
1: clients. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, that sounds like a huge undertaking. Has COVID caused any problems in the completion of this project?
0: That's an excellent question because, and we were really concerned, obviously, when it broke out, um, what kind of impact was it going to have on the construction teams that were up there trying to get this work done? Mm-hmm. And I will give those folks all kinds of kudos because I think they managed the subcontractors and all of the staff coming in and out of there, uh, getting the work done. Uh, they did an excellent job. Uh, end result being, uh, we got done on time and within budget, and you know we moved in when we thought we were going to. Um, essentially there was no holdup by the end of the project. And, uh, I attribute, I attribute that to the excellent management, uh, by Vaughn construction.
1: Wow. That is amazing. I thought surely there would have been a delay because of COVID. Um, everything just came to a standstill. So that's incredible.
0: It certainly could have had that kind of impact, um, and not just uh, not just the people, obviously, but, you know, as you know, you keep hearing about supply chains that were interrupted. That was yeah. a major concern as well. But in big construction projects like this, um, most of the time, many of the orders for uh, the materials, etc., those orders can have to go in sometimes uh, a year in advance in order to get in line to get the steel production done for the framework and so on and so forth. Wow. So Uh, those guys are masters of uh, planning and logistics, I have to say.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. That's amazing. What are your hopes for the future of this University System Center? I'm not going to say the whole name again.
0: (laughs) Well, I think this is a really unique setup. And, you know, one of the things that makes the Texas A&M system truly unique in all of the U.S., is this combination of the universities, the academic part of things and the research part of things with these applied uh, agencies like TVMDL. Um, We're not academic per se. We don't do a whole lot of research and teaching. We're there to provide diagnostic services to folks. But this new facility, um, uh, facilities, both Vero and TVMDL um, provides us better facilities to collaborate between each other. Um, Vero has a mission of teaching and research and outreach. Uh, we have the mission of diagnostic services. Um, we're, we're undoubtedly gonna share some positions between the two position, between the two uh, entities. Um, and it'll also allow us to work much more closely with the rest of West Texas A&M University. We're literally right next door to their big agricultural sciences uh, center and, and their department there. Um, so it's, it's creating the physical synergies that are needed for the research, the teaching and education, the outreach and the service components to literally be co-located. In result will be, I think, uh, a center of excellence uh, pro- providing support for panhandle uh, livestock industry uh, that's gonna be second to none anywhere in the U.S.
1: That is amazing, I love that. And so, this is down in West Texas, but you're supporting the Panhandle a lot.
0: Well, How? we're in the Panhandle, right? You're in Canyon, the Panhandle. Yeah, Canyon's only about 15 miles south of Amarillo, so we are smack in the can in the in the Panhandle. Yep. West okay. Texas a University is in Canyon, Texas, as well.
1: Oh, that confused me. Okay. Yeah,
0: they call it West Texas, and I know that. Yeah, that that can be a little confusing because generally you think of West Texas. Yes. You, you know, you're much you're much further west, but
1: uh, right. I was his, thinking, wow, there's a Texas A&M University out in you know Terlingua or something. That's a odd location. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 It's in it's in Canyon, just south of uh, Amarillo.
1: Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that that clarifies so much. So you got your first degree in biology, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. A bachelor's degree in biology from the College of William and Mary in Virginia, and then I went to graduate school at the University of Florida first. Mm. I got a master's degree there and then uh, wound up at the University of Minnesota where I did the DVM degree, veterinary medicine, doctor of veterinary medicine degree.
1: Okay. And you're currently the director here. You handle a lot of logistics. You manage people. You're a leader. How often does your medicine background collide with your managerial uh, (laughs) duties?
0: Oh, every single day, Um, in fact, almost every hour of every single day, Um, because we we are a veterinary medical diagnostic laboratory system. And so, um, yes, uh, my duties are more administrative. I'm not in the laboratory performing the tests anymore or doing the necropsies on the animals anymore. But uh, every single day, there are questions that require both my veterinary hat and my Management hat in order to make a, a an informed decision. You know, is this the right piece of equipment? Is this the right time to move into this new technology? Um, we have an issue uh, with, with a potentially emerging disease. Uh, what do I have to? I have to understand the diseases to also inform the decisions on where do we put our resources and how do we spend our money.
1: Right, that makes a lot of sense and. I am incredibly impressed. I think that that's amazing and such a kind of niche skill set to have so much knowledge in, in medicine and to also have the ability to lead people. I mean, a lot of people don't have both. So that's pretty amazing.
0: Well, I, it's fun, and it's why I've been doing it for 30 years, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I tell people it's Christmas every day here because we literally open up 600 to 800 packages a day just here in College Station. We oh don't know what's in those packages until we open them up, and <laughs> sometimes it's routine stuff, but other times it's CSI time, and we got to put on our thinking caps and figure, help somebody figure out what's making their animals sick or, or, or die, and uh, right. so... It's uh, every day is different. Um, everything that comes in here has the potential to be something new and different. As mm-hmm. I said, we're, uh, the, the globe is a small place. We're a border state and there are things that, you know, we know are lurking just across the border down in, mm-hmm. in Central and Southern uh, South America that, that could come in here and threaten our livestock and our people. Right. Uh, so it's fun.
1: Keeps the job interesting, I it bet. It does keep the job interesting. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else you would like to add about this University Systems Center or the grand opening?
0: Well, um, as I said, I think this is a, the start of an unbelievable um, setup and, and collaboration there that's going to be of tremendous benefit to the livestock industry in the panhandle and and beyond. And actually, you know, we service not just the panhandle of Texas, but we have clients coming in from Oklahoma and New Mexico, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because in the, in the beef industry, which is obviously one of the major uh, stakeholders we have there, you know, cattle can be in Texas one day and they can be in Colorado the next. And uh, you know, they don't recognize political boundaries and neither do we in, in that sense, we're there to serve the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think it really positions us well going into the future. Uh, to deal with both current issues that are going on and also f- things that could happen in the future. Uh, as we've seen with this pandemic, um, new diseases come up all the time, and in this day and age, uh, the movement of people, uh, products and services around the globe, uh, it can pop up in China one day and be here in the U.S. the next day. And that's true of animal diseases as well as human diseases. So. Right. I, I think this uh, this new center really uh, positions us well uh, to stay on the forefront of detection and response uh, and research in these in these really critical emerging disease areas.
1: That was Dr. Bruce Akey, the director of the Texas Veterinary Medical Diagnostics Lab. Dr. Akey is retiring from TVMDL at the end of this month after 34 years in the profession. Thank you, Dr. Akey, for your service. Dr. Amy Swinford will be the interim director. She has been the associate director since 2015. Up next, more light is shed on the other part of the new West Texas A&M University System Center in my conversation with Dr. Susan Eads, the associate dean of the College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences. We did have some technical difficulties, so I apologize for the audio. You were recently promoted to the CVMBS Associate Dean for Administration Canyon Campus, so congratulations on that. I know that was back in March. Um, You have lived all over the country. You're from Oklahoma. You completed your DVM at Louisiana State University in 82, and then you had an internal medicine residency at University of Pennsylvania, New Bolton Center in 85. Then you got your PhD in veterinary physiology and pharmacology at University of Georgia in 88. So you have been all over. Um, Did these opportunities just present themselves to you, or did you actively seek to live all over the country?
2: So I, I did purposely, you know, some of it, some of it was opportunities that came as a result of mentors that I had at different places and their their help in, um, you know, in seeking out next opportunities and that sort of thing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, as, as happens to, um, to a lot of people. But, but some of it started because I just made that decision that I kind of wanted to see what all, what the different perspectives and different ways of doing things. So.
1: Right. I love that. You have an open mind. And how did you like Pennsylvania? How's uh, that cold weather for you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love Pennsylvania. I love um, Chester County and riding my horse all over Chester County. It's Ooh. pretty much an open place to, to on horseback. You can go anywhere. Wow. Um, and it was a beautiful place, but yes, the cold finally did. Um eat into my bones and forced me to go back to down to, to warmer weather um
1: yes yeah i can I had, imagine
2: i had to when when it's snowing in april that's where i have to draw the line
1: <laughs> it's april what's going on it's supposed to be 80 <laughs> degrees out what's right. happening
2: no in I, April is just too much
1: did you bring your horse from uh the south up to pennsylvania or did you get a horse in pennsylvania
2: no, I brought, I, the horse I had at the time, he's passed away since then, obviously, but, um, oh. no, I took him with me from Louisiana to Pennsylvania.
1: Wow. That is awesome. And I, we had a blast. Oh, how long did you have that horse for?
2: Um, that horse, we, um, geez, cause then he went to Georgia with us too. And that's, and he, you know, he kind of started my kids out on horseback. So, geez, I don't know. I probably had him um, 17, 18 years altogether. Wow. About seven when I got him. So.
1: Wow. He lived quite a while then. Yeah. That's great. Now, one of your major responsibilities at CVMBS um, Canyon Campus is the Vero program and developing that? Can you explain the Vero program to me a
2: little bit? Sure. So the so Vero stands for Veterinary Education Research and Outreach Program, mm-hmm. um, and so that it basically encompasses you know everything that we're doing here um, at WT. You know, we have a a CVMBS campus here at WT, but we also uh, have a very strong partnership with West Texas A&M, so we are right, right next to the the College of Ag, and you know our main focuses are you know uh, impactful research, um, which specifically which addresses the sustainability of of animal agriculture, particularly those industries within this region of the state. Mm. Uh, and, and that very much is a collaborative effort with uh, ag. And of course, just like all veterinary schools are, we have the goal to advance animal and human health and environmental health. Okay. Uh, and then specifically our goal is to train and recruit the very highly qualified, motivated veterinary students. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and to, in addition to giving them a well-rounded veterinary education, we specifically want to hone their skills in areas where they can serve the, the panhandle and, and, uh, and other underserved areas of our state. So we're, you know, really very uh, interested in, in creating an educational model that particularly uh, serves the uh, you know creation of um, that mixed rural practitioner. And we do that, um, you know, with, you know, with our programs here, but also in collaboration with, with area practitioners also. Our program here, the Vero program is very integrated with the industries in this area and have students that are spending time at uh, feedlots and dairies and, um, you know, other production facilities and also with, uh, with, with local practices as well.
1: Ah, okay. So students and alumni have pretty unique opportunities at, mm-hmm. if you know, through the Vero program, whether that be working with Vero or just through all of the other organizations, companies that you have so much
2: connection with. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that, you know, and our connection to them is also with WT also. I mean, the, the WT is incredibly connected to... Uh, the industries here, and so it, that partnership is definitely involved in those connections also.
1: Now, the Vero building uh, just opened in September of 2020. It is a $22 million building with 22,000 square feet. I'll really like the number 22 for some reason. <laughs> um, what is so special about this new building?
2: So, we have been able to incorporate Uh, you know, a lot of the -the state-of-the-art IT capabilities within this building that will, that do connect us very intimately with the uh, college station campus. Okay. We're actually already starting to design uh, things within the curriculum that will utilize that. So a physiology lab um at some of the physiology labs we're actually going to do a little bit differently here but alongside what they're doing and so our students will be able to see what's happening in college station and they'll be able to see what we're doing here so we may be doing it on goats they may be doing it on dogs as an example our multi-purpose laboratory has stated our voice, voice system for large animals. Oh, wow you know cooler and freezer for um for uh, specimens and um, mm-hmm. plus, you know, they'll be in immediate proximity to all of the activities, so they'll be able to interact a lot more with the fourth year students that are here.
1: All right, well, great. How are you adjusting to your new role as the associate dean of
2: administration? So I, I have to say, it's really been quite enjoyable to settle in for this role because I have a lot of great people to work with and. And, um, you know, people have been extremely helpful. You know, in general, trying to establish new practices in the university is definitely (laughs) not the simplest thing in the world to do. But I have to say everybody's been, you know, extremely helpful and willing to, uh, you know, to to look at new things and, and try to investigate how we can set things up.
1: That was Dr. Susan Eads, the Associate Dean of the College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences at West Texas A&M University in Canyon, Texas. The new facilities just sound incredible and it's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations to everyone who made it happen. The grand opening ceremony of the Charles W. Graham 53 DVM The Texas A&M University System Center on June 3rd was a great success that ended with a rather humorous speech by the famous Doc Graham. TVMA's Executive Director Chris Copeland, President Dr. Steve Gola, President-elect Dr. Tamara Walthall, and Council Chairs Drs. Nancy Carter and Poncho Hubert were also present. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a colleague and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Ratings are how Apple promotes our podcast with potential new listeners, so it would help us a lot. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Thanks for listening.
0: I can't uh, thank everybody for the honor and the privilege to hear today, and it's, uh, it's my honor that I do this. And uh, I, I can't, uh, Dean Price, I've done what you said, give back, and I've given back, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, and I don't know what else to do. I don't know, what, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to retire. I promise you that I'm not. And, uh, and uh, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm scared to death of failure. And I'm, so I'm not ever going to quit. So I'll be around. till y'all put me in a casket. Thank y'all very much.